roam abroad in the world and take thy fiddle of its enjoyments before the day shall come when thou must quit it for good. Sadi. Welcome. Thank you for listening. My name is Preston Floyd, and this is Warfare Advancement Revisionism. This is episode six, and today we will be discussing our continued development both inside and now outside of Africa as humans continue to migrate and settle the world outside of Africa and now uh, Asia and the Sahul in uh, what is now modern-day Australia. Uh, This week we'll be getting into more of eastern parts of Asia and Europe. Uh, I did have a little bit of feedback from the last episode uh, about the concept of spear throwers or um, atlatls. I just want to be clear that these were not necessarily developed in one location and then spread out from there. Uh, These were obviously lost in some situations because there was no need for them or, you know, they were redeveloped later on, you know, as technology, you know, was required once again. But basically, this is a point in our history where we have developed enough common knowledge to be able to develop them independently of one another. Um, So, just wanted to be clear about that. Just made that, you know, a little bit more um, apparent from how I kind of sounded last week. So, uh, thank you for that feedback. Uh, one of our loyal listeners. So, as I said, last week we left off. We had just populated uh, what is now Australia, uh, the former, uh, or I guess today it's known as Sahul, the kind of the supercontinent. Uh, and that was around 65,000 years ago. Now, we need to discuss briefly our cousins and pseudo-ancestors and the Neanderthals. Uh, They had been living in most of what is now Europe and parts of the Eurasian steppe in the far east of Europe, I should say. I guess it's the west of Asia, of course, all things being relative. Uh, And they were probably not having the best of time with the continued cold weather of the Uh, last glacial period. They were, of course, more adapted to the cold than we were. Uh, They were generally stockier, and they had been living in colder climes uh, for much longer than Neanderthals. I'm sorry, much longer than uh, modern Homo sapiens. So they did have that advantage. And they do develop kind of some similar things to humans at this time. They have their own kind of uh, burial, burial of the dead, uh, possible funerary practices. Uh, they found some um, Neanderthal burials in France, and this is at 60,000 years, which is, you know, it's right around the time Homo sapiens would just be getting back to Europe to stay permanently this time. Uh, and I think also there is symbolic cave paintings by Neanderthals in Spain, uh, and that's actually prior to the burials. That's that's around the time we were reaching the Sahul. Um, so, you know, they are not just, you know, sitting around just living as they have lived and not changing. They are developing as well. And I think these developments would probably contribute to some of our interactions with them and our, you know, kind of intermingling and breeding with them. 
and then and then there is also in the far east uh, the Denis Denisovan branches, and Homo sapiens would be interbreeding with them. And there are, I believe, currently at least three suspected, I guess, large groups of Denisovans that were all kind of independent from each other. And, you know, Homo sapiens moving in at this point would begin to kind of overtake them in terms of numbers, if nothing else. And not necessarily violently, again, I don't want to give the idea that this is, you know, just a base and, you know, naked conquest. Um, there was some of that, I have no doubt, but I doubt it was just violence. I'm sure that there was some type of exchange that was not just uh, violent. There was probably some cultural, um, some kind of cultural cross-pollination as well, not just um, genetic. Now, one big thing that has happened that makes me glad that I did those meta episodes instead of just continuing straight through is uh, earlier in February of this year there have been findings published uh, in several sources but uh, I think I first read it in Science Advances but essentially there were modern Homo sapien remains found in the Rhone Valley in France I think the site's called Grot Mondrin, uh, and I know I'm butchering that pronunciation. But these are basically Homo sapien uh, fossils, modern Homo sapiens, and they are dated between 56,000 and 51,000 years ago. These, and they were both uh, preceding and antecedent of some Neanderthals in the area. So. Yeah, they're still migrating, probably going back and forth between areas, and it's probably shared between the two different groups, or at least, you know, if not shared, then it's it's prime real estate for both groups. Now, and as always, you know, my theory is, you know, just if we found the earliest something, it's probably not the earliest, it's just the earliest we can find. So these are probably not the first Homo sapiens uh, in Europe from this wave of human migration. Of course, we talked about those very ancient fossils in southern Greece, um, which was probably a failed attempt uh, of, hum of Homo sapiens to kind of move to that area, or at least uh, a very temporary attempt, uh, and whereas this is more presaging our permanent settlement in the area. Uh, but again, it's not they're like they're there and they never leave. They do leave and they come back and they leave and they come back again. And the same thing their Neanderthals are living there. Um, now I think another important thing to talk about is as we were developing our hunting technology with things like bows and arrows and uh, spear, uh, thrown spears, atlatls, things like that, javelins, darts, we were probably increasing our numbers of course more access to meat uh, you know more food of any kind and in this case definitely meat because you know again vegetation is probably not growing quite as well because of the cold climate it probably allowed us to either keep our numbers up or even expand them from those smaller groups we talked about in our first couple of episodes whereas our Neanderthal uh, cousins uh, we have no evidence of them having the type of projectile weapons that we have. Uh, we've not found any kind of small micro blades for things like arrowheads or javelin tips. 
um, that Neanderthals would have produced. Whereas, so, whereas we're able to hunt from a further range, they still have to get in close. And they develop very sophisticated ambush tactics. Uh, I think out in the kind of the wilds of Siberia, on the edges of their territory, you see evidence of them you know, performing these large ambush hunts. Um, and you know, I think we found structures of theirs uh, made just from a huge amount of mammoth bones. So they're not—they're not unsuccessful hunters. They are very good at what they do, uh, and they are able to minimize their risks even with those close-range weapons. But I think in the end, you know, developing that f that further range makes it even safer, uh, and that's definitely going to contribute for us being able to outcompete them for food. And probably if there was any violence or when there was violence between the you know, Homo sapiens and Neanderthals, our range was definitely an advantage over them. Because again, they were they were stockier, they were heavier, they were more adapt uh, to the environment. They were used, more used to the cold. Uh, but you know, we obviously had something they didn't, and I think these ranged weapons were probably what that was. That and our numbers. I think, you know, we were just too many for them. Now, our other cousins, the Denisovans, they're a little bit more mysterious. Uh, we don't have as much information about them as we do Neanderthals. They're a relatively recent discovery. Uh, but they have, uh, there are some things that I think have been traced to them that show that you know they were just as intelligent and inventive as us and Neanderthals. Uh, I believe um, right now that they have the earliest known eyed needle for sewing and tailoring, um, which obviously we have leather working. Uh, we had that, uh, but this is not just you know drying out skin. This is you know connecting different types of material together. Uh, so if they had eyed needles, they obviously had some type of thread to connect everything. Uh, what that thread is made from, possibly plants. Maybe they have some type of, uh, you know, uh, gut, like cat gut or something like that. Uh, we, we don't really know. Um, and they, again, are living in Asia, probably, uh, you know, the habitable parts of uh, the Eurasian steppe, you know, if it, there is any habitable parts uh, during this ice age, they are probably in most of China. I think a lot of the older remains that you'd see in China, the ones around 100,000 years ago, are probably mostly Denisovan. Uh, I think, uh, of course, they would be in Indonesia, uh, the Sahul area, Southeast Asia. And, you know, as Homo sapiens came along, kind of the same situation that they had with the Neanderthals out in the western area of the world, um, you know, they were probably outcompeted because we had better, you know, hunting technology, and you know, eventually there was some cross pollination, genetics, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Denisovans actually more of their DNA was passed down than Neanderthals, so it's very possible that that was slightly uh, that they had greater numbers. Um, than Neanderthals did, and you know that makes sense. Those areas in the world they have a pretty sizable population, just in compared to other parts of the world. It's very fertile land, a lot of natural, uh, uh, 
lot of bountiful nature that you can harvest there. And not just in terms of animals, but just in terms of plant life. Uh, so I think probably by 70,000 years ago, we were getting into what is now China. And about, I'm sorry, a little after 70,000 years ago. So right around the time we're getting into the Sahul, I imagine we're, you know, we're getting into China and meeting those Denisovan groups there. And then um, at around 60,000, you know, we get into what is probably you know, Europe uh, now. There is, while we're on the subject, one thing I want to kind of put out there as a theory. It is possible, I believe, that these early Homo sapiens did not recognize Neanderthals or Denisovans as a separate species from them. It's something that they could have viewed them as just different humans. I feel like that's certainly a possibility. We don't really know what these groups look like. It's very possible that the differences that we know about these different groups are only available to us because of genetics and our knowledge of physiology. These things are not necessarily available to our ancestors. So I think that's important to keep in mind while we kind of discuss this era. And of course, there's also the possibility that this is where the unvalid, uh, uncanny valley came from. The idea that we look at something and it looks human initially, but as we kind of examine it more, we determine it's actually not us. It's something pretending to be us or close to us, but just slightly off or wrong. Uh, I do feel like that's kind of more pop psychology, though. Uh, but those are just two kind of different theories I've kind of gone over and Kind of think about and I think it's something you might want to keep in mind as well as we go forward whatever the case at this point in our history we have footholds in Asia uh, India Southeast Asia China Australia and of course Europe and as the weather turns and we slowly see the dying off and out competition of our cousins we will use these footholds to dominate those continents. Now, in terms of material and culture development, we have, again, we do have records that Denisovans had developed uh, sewing needles by 50,000 years ago. At the same time, Neanderthals had actually developed cord, three-plied bark fibers, uh, things that we could be used for uh, mats, baskets, nets, ropes, snares, fishing lines. That was actually found in, also in the Rhone Valley, a different site, uh, and I'm going to butcher the French pronunciation, but it's in Abri du Mar, Marat. And this is at 50,000 years ago, the same time as that needle. So, of course, I do think. Um, we have interacted with Neanderthals at that point. It's very possible that we learned to make cord initially from them, or possibly they learned it from us. We really don't know. But uh, there would have been contact between our groups at that point, or at least a theoretical contact. And of course, it's also possible that, you know, this just shows that Neanderthals and Denisovans just had a similar cognitive function to Homo sapiens. And all this stuff was developed by each group independently at different times and then rediscovered and lost and rediscovered. 
who knows for sure. Now there is another Homo uh, species that we need to get into, and that is the Homo florensis. These are also known as the hobbits. Uh, sadly, at this time frame, from around 50,000 years ago, they are about to go extinct. Um, Homo sapiens were in the area at that point, or at least close enough that they definitely were probably impacting the environment. Uh, and I think where they have found the Homo florensis skeletons, or at least some locations where they have found Homo florensis skulls or you know, bones, um, Homo sapiens were there later. Now, this is a couple of thousand years later, but they are in the same area. So it's very possible that we contributed to their death. Of course, they are, they are noticeably different from us in terms of size. They are much shorter. I doubt there is as much, you know, you could see them definitely as registering as a different species much more easily, I think, than you could the Denisovans or the Neanderthals. Now, about 6,000 years after that, uh, we're reaching, of course, at this point, 44,000 years, we find our earliest example of symbolic art. Uh, this is not the geometric shapes that we have carved in South Africa. Uh, this is actual, um, it's actually figurative painting, I should have said. Uh, this has been discovered on Sulawesi Island in Indonesia. Uh, of course, at that time, it probably wasn't an island. Um, but this uh, is rock art. It dates to about 44,000 years ago. And it shows um, a large uh, buffalo and pig hunt. Uh, and these creatures are kind of towering over uh, kind of early hominids. So there is a thought that this may be mythological. Um, but it's also possible that it's just showing that these animals are in the foreground and then that these uh, more um, hominid-looking figures are kind of in the background. Um, this is... Um, it, it could also be a picture of the kind of animal-human hybrids. Um, so these may be kind of like the earliest mythological scene we'd know. So, um, or at least supernatural. Uh, but that's that's all kind of theory and guesswork. But uh, this is, of course, if this is 44,000 years ago, this is um, predating the kind of figure of paint art you see in um, France and Spain, which is from a couple of thousand years later, I think 40 to 30,000, something like that, is where those famous cave paintings in the south of France were. Uh, now, after that, um, in what is now Germany, I think we have discovered the earliest musical instruments, and these are bones and ivory flutes. Uh, so, yeah, there's you know there's harmony, melody, uh, you know, music basically. Uh, then we also see in I think it is. Yes, East Timor is where these were discovered. Um, so they have found fish hooks uh, made from broken shells. Uh, so these are used for things that obviously you can't spearfish. So we're probably talking, you know, um, in think of where East Timor is in Asia, you're probably running across things like sharks, um, tunas, uh, parrotfish, possibly turtles. 
Yeah. Uh, so you're you're getting more fish into your diet. You're you're increasing your um, options in terms of food that you are eating. Now we're at the forty thousand year point. So between this uh, the fifty thousand year and the forty thousand year point, there's a lot of developments. We've got art. We've got music. We've got more tools for getting different types or new new types of food. This is big, and it's happening much faster than, you know, we've got 20,000-year intervals between new technologies like we had in our last episode. So we're, every 1,000 years or so, we're, we're coming up with something new. Uh, we're, we're definitely kind of cascading in terms of our development. And at 40,000 years, we see kind of the end of the Neanderthals, and I don't know this for sure. I couldn't really find a firm answer, but the Denisovans are probably predeceased or going extinct around this same time. And again, I think the main reason for this is obviously we are not necessarily killing them, though I do think that had probably happened. Um, but probably I wouldn't think more than we were killing other Homo sapiens. Um, I think it's just we had more food available because of our better technology. And I think because of our better technology, we had more numbers, We were just and we were using that to kind of just procure more food. But again, we know we had interbreeding. So these, these species, you know, just to even a few, like even a small group, just like a, say, a group of... 10 or so Neanderthals or Denisovans joined a group of 40 or 50 humans. Um, you know, that may not sound like a lot, but, you know, we know we're going through these population bottlenecks at this time or around this time. And I think even just a couple of individuals that joined our Homo sapien groups or were taken in to these Homo sapien groups that's enough to have a major impact, like that 3% impact uh, that, you know, Neanderthals have a modern European DNA or the, you know, whatever the different Denisovan branches have on current Asian DNA. So, you know, small numbers probably wasn't any kind of war. Is you know, any kind of violence, again, I think is small scale. And it may even only be like incidental like you know you just run into someone and you're not expecting it so uh, but yeah sadly uh, we at this point are the last remaining hominid um, and at this time we begin to see um, the more art we see sculptures uh, in Hohenstein Germany they found an ivory figure of a theranthrope, which is just a fancy term for like a an animal that has human qualities. Uh, it's a human torso and with a lion's head. Uh, this could be like the first example of a mythological figure. Um, and there's no way that that group in Germany had any interaction with the Homo sapiens painting in um, Sulawesi in Indonesia. So they came up either independently or there's a story far enough back of, you know, human-animal 
spirits or deities that are kind of guiding or you know looking out for us or at least the the concept of them are there and i think that's pretty universal again uh, when i talked about our hunting you know i felt like lions and wolves and things like that are creatures that we would kind of idolize and use for kind of totemic purposes uh and as we see here uh, and in that cave art uh, yes, they are powerful figures in the human imagination at this point. And this is a good point to kind of call it a episode. Um, I had hoped to get a little bit further, but I didn't expect to kind of go into the kind of pondering about our Denisovans and Neanderthals uh, and the differences between them and us and each other and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, but a little philosophical question isn't so bad every now and then. And um, yeah, next time we're, we're just going to follow uh, our ancestors a little bit further down the line. I'm hoping to get to um, 10,000 uh, when we have our kind of Neolithic revolution and we develop uh, agriculture. Uh, but that might be two episodes down the line. I'm not 100% sure at this point. Um, with the way the episodes have kind of been going and me going kind of off on some of these little side uh, tangents or stories. Um, it might be three or four episodes, but we'll see. I, I really do want to kind of get through this prehistory stuff and kind of get to more firm grounds in terms of what we can discuss um, in history before we get to a little bit more narrative style stuff. But that being said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and the previous ones. And if you have any feedback, please do let me know. Uh, you can reach me at waradrevpod at gmail.com. That's W-A-R-A-D-R-E-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Uh, and I do apologize if this episode has some odd audio issues. Um, as I was recording, I was getting some errors with um, the temporary files uh, causing a just causing a slowdown, or you know, I possibly have run out of storage on this device. I might need to get an external drive. Whatever the case may be, it might be a little uneven. So again, I do apologize for that, and I'll try to have everything resolved by the next episode. But yeah, you guys have a great rest of your days and or nights, depending on when you're hearing the episode. And thank you, and I hope to hear from you, and I hope you continue listening. Goodbye.